Hello and welcome. I am J.R. Everhart from Restoration Ministries. I am your host here at the Truth Labyrinth Podcast. Today we hit the halfway mark in our John Baker Life Sealing Choices book. Uh, We are going through inventory this week, um, the importance of coming clean and dealing with guilt and identifying guilt in in our lives as well as the beauty of having a pure heart inventory is my favorite part of the celebrate recovery program because it brings the most fruit into people's lives my my own included there so stick around you do not want to miss a second of today's show we'll be back in about 60 seconds I want to talk to you guys for a second about my company, COP Audio. COP Audio is your one-stop source for mobile audio and lighting, as well as a host of other services. Uh, We can handle everything from large outdoor concerts to small club-type shows or even DJing your wedding or company picnic. Uh, We also work with local and regional government for public address events and summer community concert series type stuff. We also do event planning and band booking, as well as audio install work at your local church or high school. You'll find tons of information online about us on both Instagram and Facebook. When you go to our Facebook page, make sure that you read our reviews from our clients. You can also find us uh, by just calling me or texting us, uh, 304-676-8811, 304-676-8811. You can also email me at... Um, jr.clpaudio at gmail.com that's jr.clpaudio at gmail.com CLP Audio has a long success record with dozens of bands, churches, and event venues all around the Mid-Atlantic again, find us on Instagram and Facebook by searching CLP Audio or call 304-676-8811 that's 304-676-8811 All right, so welcome to the 50-yard line, the halfway point in our uh, study of John Baker's book, Life's Healing Choices. This is a uh, book uh, designed around the eight principles of Celebrate Recovery, Um, and we are just having an absolute blast with this. Uh, This lesson is gigantic, and as I've said before in previous podcasts, uh, my my comments on this and my teaching of this uh, does not replace a face-to-face or even a Zoom-based meeting of doing this with a, uh, a group of your men or women from your church. Um, so there's no way I can hit on everything that's in this. Inventory is what this week's lesson is really about. It's about coming clean. It's about letting go of all the guilt and the shame of your past. And maybe for the first time, dealing with a whole bunch of stuff that you have never dealt with uh, in your life. Uh, You definitely want to walk through this with a sponsor. You know, um, you need someone that you can trust, that uh, you can sit down with, and you know that you can share some deep and dark stuff with that's, you know, there's, make sure there's someone that's not going to go and, and kind of gossip that around the community. Um, so picking a sponsor is a very important, you know, part of this process. Um, but this is really living out, you know, the scripture, and I believe it's James five sixteen, which says that when we confess our sins to each other, we're healed. And that is the process of 
um, inventory, you know, is setting down and, and really writing out on paper or in a digital format where you're able to take a personal moral inventory of your life um, and really talk about all the things that that may be keeping you from freedom and restoration and uh, this is not an easy task to do you know Um, celebrate recovery is really the only 12-step program i know that balances out the inventory process with positive stuff um Usually, in most you know, secular 12-step programs, they, you sit down with a sponsor and you just kind of go over all the junk that's in your life and all the dirty, messy stuff, but they don't spend a lot of time uh, balancing that out with the things that you're getting right. And Celebrate Recovery does a great job of, of having and creating that balance inside of this process that is uh, inventory. Uh, and inventory is not a one-time thing, you know. It's you don't do it once and then bam, you're healed. And you know, it was like the magic elixir that cured everything and, and your psychological hangups. Um, it's something you have to live out every day. You know, I've been in the program for eight and a half years. Uh, September will be nine years, and I have notes in my in my iPhone where I just sit down and inventory at least once or twice a year, usually three or four times a year. It's an ongoing process because you're not going to remember everything in just one time. You know, this whole step study idea behind the long nine-month course and even this um, eight-month, you know, course of life sealing Choices, you know, that whole thing is structured in a way to get you to connect with other people and to be able to air out all the things that have been cooped up in you. And we're going to talk about some of that as we move through today's lesson. Um, So we're just going to kind of like really glance over the highlights of this. Uh, I may go over a few of the questions from the small group study guide. But uh, kick back and relax because I think you'll be blessed if you're brave enough to uh, walk through this, uh, this process of inventory. So uh, in the book, uh, uh, John Baker really, he starts out um, just kind of describing the joy of having a pure heart. It says a pure heart is one that is free and clean of impurities. Um, now let me be very clear because he, he doesn't really clarify this in the book. This isn't asking for perfection because I know I'm a perfectionist and I know others out there that are perfectionists that can take that sentence where it says uh, clean of impurities and that can become a, a kind of a stumbling block for us perfectionist-minded people. This isn't about being per- perfect. It's about being perfectly joined with a Savior who cleanses us through his you know, redeeming blood of, you know, from Calvary and uh, Jesus cleans up all of our mess. It's about living inside of that. That's how we are clean of impurities. Um, we live as Christians, we live a life of repentance, which means every day there's something to repent of. None have, uh, have got it all together. In fact, the Bible says all have fallen short of the glory of God. So let me make sure I kind of counterbalance what's being said here about a pure heart with uh, some gut-level, rational, day-to-day common sense. Um, A pure heart is free of all junk that weighs it down, washed clean of all the hurts, hang-ups, and habits that plague our lives. 
The reason you're listening to this podcast and if you're working this program, the reason you're working this program is to find freedom from those hurts, hang-ups, and habits that have been plaguing our lives and it's made our lives unmanageable. Um, but there's enormous amounts of uh, freedom in just having a, a, a clear conscience. You know, and a clear conscience isn't, isn't perfect living. A clear conscience is just having a, a clear pathway of thinking and living that is not dictated by your fears, guilt, anxiety, you know, things like that. And you get to that by, you know, owning your part of your dysfunction. And that's kind of how inventory works. Uh, so we move on to talking about guilt. Um, and this is kind of how guilt, you know, affects our lives. It destroys our confidence. Uh, guilt and confidence cannot exist in the same person. It's impossible. Um, and guilt and fear um, that get people all caught up and get people, you know, bound up um, is the core of what keeps us from really being able to connect with others. It affects our relationships. Um, it sabotages our relationships in some cases. Uh, and it causes us to respond in harmful ways. Many times we're dealing with guilt issues and don't even realize that it may even be happening on a subconscious level. And we just turn into a, a mean or bitter person. You know, just a hard person to be around. And really at, at the core of that bitterness is some level of guilt that you've yet to sit down and, and kind of flesh out and um, you know, frame around the redemptive power of Christ. Um Guilt can cause us to indulge people unwisely, to kind of overcompensate. Um, it can cause us to avoid commitment. Uh, we wonder why we won't let people get close to us. Uh, we allow ourselves to get uh, just a certain distance to people, but then fear kind of comes in or guilt comes in and shame and kind of forces us to push everybody at arm's length. Um, Many marriages are destroyed over this guilt idea because you got one person in the marriage who cannot who cannot come to terms with or refuse to deal with um, the things that kind of have them hung up. Um, and then finally, guilt keeps us stuck in the past. You know, the more we're focused on the mistakes that we've made in the past, the more it's affecting our happiness inside of today. Um, and then John uses the, uh, the illustration of having a rearview mirror in your car and how that's good to look back to see where you've been so you can learn from those lessons. But the problem is, is that if we spend too much time focused in that rearview mirror, then, you know, we can't move forward in what God has for us in terms of restoration and healing. Um, and then the other thing about this is, um, over time, guilt can make us physically sick. When we swallow our guilt, our stomachs keep score. And this is a well-documented uh, fact all throughout, you know, uh, secular psychology studies that have been done. Um, you know, you can find it in a ton of self-help books and stuff like that. The body remembers trauma and it remembers the guilt of your past and until you start praying for god to heal any of that hidden guilt and hidden drama in your life you'll never get free of it um and you have to 
you got you got to put that stuff under the blood, and you got to work through things like inventory. That is an exercise that that helps us move past our guilt. Um, and taking a fearless personal moral inventory uh, is a is a great way to get from point A to point B. You know, you will at least peel off the first layer of the onion of our dysfunction. Is how we say it. Um, so we got to make time to begin an inventory. We got to set aside time. Make an appointment with ourselves. We need to open our heart and our mind. We need to rely on God's grace. We need to analyze um, our past in an honest way. Um, And then list the the good and bad choices and life events that have affected you. Now, there is a, um, a disclaimer in all this. If you're someone who was... Um, who was affected by some form of abuse in your childhood, whether it be physical abuse or sexual abuse. I'm one of those people. Um, when you when you start writing out your inventory and you start dealing with those issues, you need to make sure that you're writing on your inventory that you were not guilty of those things. Those things that happened to you had nothing to do with your choices. It was you were a victim of someone else's poor choices. So we need to make sure that we, we put that in its proper place because while we're trying to own our behavior here and we're trying to walk through um, you know, some of the mistakes that we've made maybe in our adult life you know, and, and things like that, we have to make sure that we're also allowing ourselves to see things as they really are, not as the enemy is trying to portray them to us. Uh, and the enemy has done a great job with a lot of people, and I struggled with this in my recovery of getting through my childhood abuse issues, was that he, he really will make you feel like it was somehow your fault, and it wasn't. Or he'll make you feel guilty or in some way, and you shouldn't feel guilty because you're not guilty. You know, so you have to... You have to make sure that you're you're writing those things out and going through that with your sponsor or at least a spiritual leader, a pastor of your church, a brother or sister in the church that you know are walking right before God and, and have a private meeting with them and go through these things with them. Uh, we need to be radically honest as we start writing stuff out. Uh, we got to, you know, make sure we don't rationalize our behavior Um by saying things like, well, it happened a long time ago. Like, it doesn't mean anything anymore. Well, that's a lie because if it didn't mean anything anymore, you wouldn't still be thinking about it. Um, or it was just a stage of my life or everybody does it, you know. Those are very common rationalizations that I have seen people use to apply to their guilt and their shame so that they don't have to feel it. And it's it really goes back to our lesson on denial because that kind of justification feeds denial in our life and as long as you're living in denial you're not getting freedom because denial makes us numb to emotions that we need to be feeling because if you can't feel it god can't heal it you know uh, many times people say it's no big deal um well if it's not a big deal then why do you still remember it 20 years later why are you still walking through that you know uh hurt and pain 20 years later the other thing is don't blame others. You know, if it's something that, that you were responsible for in your life and you made happen, don't blame others. You have to take responsibility for those things. Uh, and don't deceive yourself. 
We just need to admit where we messed up. If we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves and truth is not with us. That's from 1 John. So again, all have fallen short. You know, the thing that I always try to communicate to my sponsees as I'm walking them through inventory is, look, you're, you're sitting here in good company. You know, nobody has screwed things up more than I have, you know, and I got a long, messy, you know, bloody battlefield behind me to prove it. Um, but you know what? It's not about who we used to be. It's about owning who we used to be so we can be a better person tomorrow, you know, and the more you understand that everybody's broken on some level or another, then the more you understand that it's okay to be broken yourself. Because in that brokenness is where Jesus crawls into your problems and starts pulling out purpose. You know, there's no shame in, in admitting your failures. There's only shame in quitting, you know? So we ask God to forgive us of all those things. Once we get them down on paper and we talk it out with our sponsor, then you pray and you ask God to for, forgive you of these things that you've done. And the Bible says that he's faithful and just to forgive us each and every time that we go before his throne of grace asking for forgiveness. Um, and, you know, as we work through this with our sponsor, you know, we just need to be, you know, real about how it went. Don't sugarcoat it. You know, don't don't try to turn it into something that's not. Set aside all those justifying things we just talked about and just get real with, you know, what your life genuinely looked like. Because the sooner you can get into that place of seeing things as they really are is the beginning of freedom because it destroys uh, all the denial that has been, you know, guarding you from these emotions. Uh, God accepts your forgiveness, so you also have to learn how to forgive yourself. This is the toughest part, at least for me and probably for most of the guys that I have worked with. Um, forgiving, accepting God's forgiveness seems easy and pales in comparison to looking in the mirror and learning how to love yourself again, especially if some, if some of the things you did hurt other people. Maybe they hurt your, your own children. Maybe they hurt your parents. Maybe they hurt your, your family, or maybe you hurt your best friend. You know, those are things that, that are hard to get over, you know. And and I know I spent decades of my life just beating myself up over a lot of that junk. Um, but once you own it, then you got to kind of let it go, you know. And you got to, you know, love yourself the way Christ loves you. And Christ loved you so much that he gave his life for you. So you you have to love yourself and view yourself the same way God views you through the blood of Jesus. And that's sometimes a little challenging, you know. Um, but God forgives us instantly. He forgives us freely. And he forgives us completely. And we need to learn how to, to forgive ourselves in that same way. Um, so we got to make a choice, you know. I mean, the... Uh, the action plan this week is like it is every week. You know, sit down and write about it. You know, you can get online and, and Google Celebrate Recovery Inventory and find a PDF of the inventory sheet, and you can work through that. You know, and like I said, you need to do that with a sponsor or with someone else that's been in the program and understands how the program works so they can help you get through that inventory process. Now let me move to the... To the uh, the study guide here and go through some of the questions. 
So it says, uh, congratulations, you have covered choices one through three. Sometimes we get caught up uh, in moving ahead that um, we forget to stop and kind of digest what we've already learned in the first three choices. So um, we're going to kind of take a few minutes in these first couple questions and talk about how the first three choices have affected us. It says, uh, list the key insights that God has shown you in the first three choices. Well, my answer was that uh, I've been hurting and need support from my recovery people. I need to stay connected. You know, I need to to be, I mean, I just went through my third divorce, and that's, it's hard for me to even say that. You know, that really grieves me to even say that. I would have never thought in a million years that I'd ever be divorced once, much less three times. Um and I'm kind of processing all that at this stage of my life. You know, I'm kind of going through that and, and, and working through the nuts and bolts of all that. But I stay connected with my recovery people. I stay in constant contact with the guys that support me. And uh, I stay plugged into the program. Uh, the next question is, uh, how have you been changed by admitting need, getting help, and letting go? Uh, and the first one is admitting need. It's allowed me to feel my emotions and process them in a healthy way. When we stuff our emotions, it goes back to what I was just talking about there a minute ago with guilt having an effect on our physical body. When we stuff our emotions, you know, we tend to, it tends to cause us physical issues as well, stress, anxiety. Um, I've seen it surface in panic disorder. You know, so things you can do to combat that is to stay connected with people that you can trust. Keep talking about what's bothering you. Don't isolate. Isolation is the enemy of freedom. Do not isolate. Um, exercise is a immense, immensely helpful elixir on all kinds of psychological stress and, and um, you know, uh, stuff like that. And it really helps us physically, too. The, the blood flow helps to increase uh, proper uh, chemical balance in the brain, you know, all that kind of stuff. So that's how we kind of deal with that the next one is getting help and uh i've just found support with my with my recovery guys that's that was my answer for that letting go uh i've been set free from the cycle of depression and uh and you know the, the process of, of suffering because let's just be honest you know this, this world is full of suffering and you're gonna you're gonna suffer i mean that's part of the human experience here on earth um, but we don't have to suffer alone, and, and suffering is only temporary. Suffering is not a permanent thing. Don't ever let the enemy tell you that that it is, because it's not. So then we move on to the overcoming guilt section. Um, and ask the question uh, about a Bible verse from uh, Psalms 32.1. It says, what happened? What happiness for those whose guilt has been forgiven? What joys when sins are covered over? What relief for those who have confessed their sins and God has cleared their record? And then the question is, what does this verse mean to you, especially focus on the words happiness, forgiven, and confess? Well, for me, my answer was confess breaks the yoke of guilt and shame. When I confess my sins to God, I am forgiven, which gives birth to happiness and joy. Freedom from guilt and shame equal joy in the Lord. So let me read that again because that's kind of, 
kind of deep there. Confession breaks the yoke of guilt and shame. When I confess my sins to God, I am forgiven, which gives birth to happiness and joy. Freedom from guilt and shame equal joy in the Lord. Guys, the, the times of, in, my, in my recovery that I, I got the most freedom was when I just came clean. When I quit living a life of secrets, when I, I don't believe in secrets, I don't live my life in any secretive manner at all anymore. I am 100% wide open um, with all the people that I'm in, you know, relationships with, you know, friendships, family, um, you know, someday again, another romantic relationship, you know, that sort of thing. Um, I just don't, I don't believe in keeping secrets anymore because it was the secrets that I was keeping that was consuming me. You know, it was all the hidden stuff, you know, trying to live a double life, of, you know, wearing a mask in front of this person and wearing a mask when I'm at church. And then there's the, you know, JR's at work version. And then there's the JR with his friends version. No, there just needs to be one version of JR. You know, and the sooner I got a, got a hold of that and started living my, wife, my life that way, unapologetically, you know, this is who I am, junk and all. And, um, if you don't like me, that's okay. You know, I'm not offended by that. I know that I'm not for everybody, you know. I know that in this world there are going to be people that no matter how hard I try, I just ran into a guy yesterday who I, I know for a fact I've never done anything to, never had a tense word with this guy and bumped into him at a show and got nothing but dirty looks and short dismissive conversation from him. And I'm standing there with my hands over my face like, you know, what in the world did I ever do to this guy? Well, you know what? That's just life, man. That's just life. Not everyone's going to like you. And you got to learn how to like get over that. Because you don't have to be liked by everyone to be happy. Your happiness is not dictated by how much people like you. Your happiness is dictated by how deep your commitment is to God. Because true joy and happiness only comes from the throne. Yeah, we have awakenings of it here on earth from time to time. We see a beautiful sunset or we take a, an awesome vacation with our loved ones and just really enjoy family and, and time with friends and stuff like that. I'm not saying that you know there isn't earthly sources of happiness, but it is all a reflection of God's goodness on this world. So if you're looking for anyone to make you happy or to make you joyful or to bring some kind of satisfaction and contentment into your life, you're looking in the wrong place. The only person that could do that is God. Jesus Christ bought all that stuff for you on the cross. So the only way you're ever going to get to that place of freedom and restoration and to that place of joy and happiness is by working things like this inventory, by being brave enough to look in the mirror and say, you know what? I've missed it, and I'm broken, and that's not the end of the world. So, Lord, take this broken heart of mine, mend it, and put me to work trying to help somebody else. Because that's really the, the end game here, is to just turn it all around and take what the enemy meant for evil and use it for good. And use it to help somebody else who is walking through a valley that you've already walked through. Uh, so moving on, it says, before we start working on steps to overcoming guilt, it's important to understand the negative effects guilt has on our lives. Guilt destroys confidence, guilt damages our relationships, and guilt keeps us stuck in the past. We read through that there a minute ago from the book. Um, 
List some specific ways from your life about how guilt has negatively affected you. Uh, and I put uh, guilt triggered most of my depression. Guilt of how I used to live is what broke me and got me into recovery. Um, for me, that idea, that was a denial buster for me. Guilt was a denial buster for me. We talked about denial busters a week or two ago. And it was something that God used to break me and into a place where I could hit rock bottom and start building, use that rock bottom as a foundation to build the rest of my life on. Um, yeah, so that's that's how that's how guilt negatively affected me, but at the same time was the birthplace of what would be the rest of my life. So uh, take a personal moral inventory. Uh, he lists a scripture here from Psalms 139. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test my thoughts. Point out anything you find in me that makes you sad and lead me along the path of everlasting life. So we're bringing this to the table to reinforce the idea that taking a personal moral inventory is biblical. This is something that was practiced for centuries in the ancient world. Um you know, you hear me say this all the time on this podcast. God didn't call any lone rangers to the faith. So all the prophets and, and apostles, and they always had somebody there with them uh, to walk alongside of them and help hold them accountable. Um, so the first question underneath of that is, how will taking a moral inventory help me uh, be free of my guilt? And my answer was, inventory re- reveals hidden patterns of behavior in our lives. Um, writing it down helps us to see things from a different angle. I can't stress that enough. You, you can't, you can't just sit down and, th- you know, think through this stuff without writing it down from your mouth to the pen. Something happens when you actually sit down and write it down or even document it out in a digital format. Um, it reveals hidden patterns of behavior in your life that you didn't realize, especially if you get into a, an ongoing habit of inventorying. Because I can go back and look at some of my inventory, you know, entries in my journal from even two years ago, and it it it's a testament of the growth that has happened in my life. The things I'm listing in there that I'm struggling with I, at that time, I don't struggle with anymore. So it can be a great building block in moving forward. Um, and writing it down helps us to see things from a different angle. Getting it down on paper just makes a difference. It really does. Uh, write down the top three good choices you have made in your life. Uh, I think I've processed my divorce in a healthy way. You know, I haven't relapsed. I haven't acted out. I haven't, you know, be, haven't reverted back to where who I was, you know, before I was in recovery. And for for me, that's a big deal. You know, and I am going to give myself uh, credit for that. Uh, Number two, kind of piggybacks on that. I did not relapse into insanity, even with every reason to do so and every opportunity to do so. I still chose the narrow path. Um, And then number three, I've chosen to slow down and wait on God while I heal. And I can't stress that enough for anybody who's going through you know, uh, a loss of a loved one, divorce, you know, any of those big gut shot things life likes to throw at us. Um, the next question is, how will accepting responsibility for my faults help me be free from guilt? This is um, this is almost a carbon copy of the question on the previous page. 
But owning my faults and failures releases me from the shame cycle. It's no longer a hidden burden or weight that I'm carrying. So this kind of piggybacks on the, the negative things. Uh, list some specific examples of your life uh, about how guilt affected us negatively. This kind of piggybacks on that. Um, and it take, walks us through, you know, asking God for forgiveness. Uh, how will asking God to forgive us uh, help me from my guilt? And I put, there is no forgiveness without confession. Understanding God's forgiveness brings freedom. Uh, this whole process of inventory is basically us confessing our sins to another human being and confessing that, hey, these are the things that are really weighing heavy on me. And it brings enormous amounts of freedom. And you can't get freedom without confession. You know, you have to own it and, um, you know, walk it out. Uh, number four says, admit your faults to another person. And it refers to that scripture I mentioned earlier from James 5.16. Admit your faults to one another and pray for each other so that you may be healed. And the question is, how will admitting my faults to another person help me uh, from my guilt? I said it creates emotional healing and brings another person alongside of our struggles to help support us. Two are always better than one in these situations. Number five, accepting God's forgiveness and forgiving yourself. Uh, how will accepting God's forgiveness and forgiving myself help me be free from my guilt? My answer was, forgiving ourselves is the hardest part, but we're not truly free until we forgive ourselves. And I have learned that in my own walk. You know, um, you're not truly free until you learn how to love yourself. So there it is, guys. You know, that's uh, week four. And it, it's a big lesson. It's a lot to digest. It's not for the faint of heart. We've kind of been joking around in our, in our meetings that, uh, you know, working this, this uh, Life Sealing Choices classes in eight weeks, uh, which a program is usually nine months long, um, <laughs> is, is not for sissies, you know. So that, that's kind of where we are, you know, in the sense of, you know, working out these, these steps. I hope this blessed you guys. Um, I hope that you, you, you found hope in this. I hope this, I know this is kind of a, a jagged little pill to try and swallow. Um, but trust me, I have seen people take complete 180 directional changes in their life after working a moral inventory. Um, it really does dig at the root of things that are causing you uh, to be bound up and uh, keeping you from freedom. It's the difference between, you know, you know, chopping down the weeds and actually digging up the roots of the weeds. You know, this whole idea of life sealing choices and the Celebrate Recovery Step Study is about getting to those root issues. Inventory is the absolute heart of that process. And it is in any 12-step program. And you talk to anybody who's worked any 12-step program, they'll tell you inventory is tough, but it brings enormous amounts of freedom and restoration to their lives. So go and uh, be faithful to your call, worship the Lord, and serve your King. If you have found value in this podcast or if it has blessed you in any way, can I ask a couple things from you real quick? 
Please rate and review this podcast in whatever format you listen to it on, especially if you use Google or Apple Podcasting app. Also, could I ask you to please donate to this ministry? Uh, We need your financial support. We are not sponsored by any church or religious denomination, nor do we have any corporate sponsors. Uh, We are totally independent and dependent on our listeners to make this ministry resource possible. Please consider giving to this ministry. I'll be sure to post links and information on how to give in the description of this podcast. And finally, and most importantly, we need your prayers for guidance and protection from the people who look to silence voices like ours. Pray for God's favor in the eyes of our enemies and grace in our hearts toward them. Pray that God uses this podcast to speak into the lives of those struggling with addiction and ministers to the hearts of the hurting. We need your prayers covering this ministry so we can be effective ministers of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Thanks for listening to this podcast. My prayer is that it blessed you and brought you a fresh understanding of our lives in this world and our need for unity in Christ. A brush fire of revival in Jesus Christ is our only hope for satisfaction and true joy as we walk out the human experience that is our day-to-day lives. It's been my sincere honor to be your host today at the Truth Labyrinth Podcast. Be blessed and be a blessing to those around you. Till next time, I leave you with a scripture from Ephesians 6, 23 and 24. Peace be with you, dear brothers and sisters, and may God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ give you love with faithfulness. May God's grace be eternally upon all who love our Lord Jesus Christ. Oh, my God.